Welcome to another installment of Money You Should Ask. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler. In this episode, we are going to explore, question, examine, converse, dig deep, expose, laugh, and cry about the money beliefs, money blocks, and life challenges of our next guest. Turn up the volume, listen, learn, and laugh. I'm excited today because I have with me a paid regular from the comedy store, um, done lots of commercials, done movies, a lot of television, including Weeds, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, uh, the Capital One commercial, What's in Your Wallet, Um, and um, Adam Ruins Everything. You'll be in this season of Adam Ruins Everything. Please welcome Ryan Mervis, who I call Merv. Welcome. Thank you for coming. Oh, thanks for having me. All right. So so what is in your wallet? <laughs> Not a lot. <laughs> Not a lot? Not a lot right now? No? Uh, well, you know, this... uh, a little bit. Yeah? Do you do you keep other things? Bes- well, I mean, I don't always have money in my wallet, but do, what else do you keep in your wallet? Oh, I keep all sorts of stuff in my wallet. Yeah? I have, yeah, I got a bunch of pictures and uh, trinkets and collectible. I have like a whole little zipper... Thing I got pictures of my old dog. Oh, that's cool. Uh, like old. Is that a fortune cookie thing? No, it's a wristband. Oh, okay. From, uh, from the observatory from a Shins concert. Okay. I got a little dollar bill from Chicago that I found in Chicago when I was up there for Lollapalooza, and we wrote all the little inside jokes on it. And are you ever going to spend it, or it's just going to? Nah, no, it's just going to deteriorate. It's going to deteriorate in my wallet forever. All right, that's cool. <laughs> Yeah, I discovered I had about 20 gift cards in my wallet. Oh, word. And I don't spend them because I'm thinking I might need them for a rainy day, and I'm just... That rainy day never comes. It never... I Like, yeah. I don't know yeah. why I have, like, hundreds Southern of dollars. California. There's no rain. <laughs> it's, it's not going to rain. Yeah. It's not going to rain. So let me ask you this. So you've been... Um, you started off um, working at the store. Yeah. And um, were your parents excited that you wanted to get into comedy? Um, I don't know. I think they were indifferent... Uh, cause like I went to, to theater school, uh, mm-hmm. and I finished up down in San Diego okay. uh, before I moved to LA and like I would go to the comedy store like regularly down there and like mm-hmm. I ran a couple comedy shows. Okay. Uh, and I was bartending at the same time too and going to school. But then when I moved up here, there was, uh, and I started working here at the comedy store. Uh, there was a time that my parents came to visit and it was, they'd been here maybe once or twice before. And seen me here on, like, some, you know, bringer show. And yeah. And it was way back when, when there was, you know, four audience members. And it was yeah. just brutal. Back in the day. Yeah. Uh, and they saw me on one show, and it was in the main room. And it was, I mean, the bottom part was pretty full. It was, it was a decent show. And I had a long set. And it went well. And, like, afterwards, like, the next day... Uh, we had in and out and I remember my dad had, uh, like, a legal pad with a bunch of, like, notes. Oh, my God. And, I, and I'm like, oh, shit, okay. There's uh, – it was such a nice memory because I'm like, oh, he, he likes the comedy thing. He's trying, he's trying to punch up the jokes. Okay, sweet. Oh, that's really cool. And that was sort of the moment that I'm, I'm like, okay, they, they're all right with this. They're okay with my decisions, I suppose. That's cool. And were some of his notes good? Uh, <laughs> Do you <remember>? <laughs> Pro- Probably. <laughs> Uh, he's got such a funny – it's funnier because, like, he he's a funny guy, uh, but he's, like, he's always, like, cracking – like, trying to crack jokes. And my mom, I think, is funnier, but she does not try at all oh, to funny. make jokes. Like, she's just a goofball. And what did both of your parents do? Uh, they're both retired mm-hmm. uh, up in Minnesota. 
my dad worked for uh, uh, 3M. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and my mom was a, a housemaker. Okay. And she was an English teacher before uh, she, uh, she got my sister. Mm-hmm. And uh, then she had uh, she got my sister got me, and then took care of us in a Minnesota fashion. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, nice and cold up in Minnesota. Uh it's not warm. It is not. Yeah, like it's, it's man, growing up there, like here I wear shorts and t-shirts most of the time. Yeah, uh, like all year long in LA. People are like, aren't you cold? I'm like, you don't know cold. You don't know cold. <laughs> yeah, that's to the bone. Yeah, like ne- negative forty. Is yeah, not a joke. That's not a joke. Um, let me ask you this: Do you remember your first money experience as a kid? Like the first time you realized money might actually uh, do something? Um, man, kind of like my dad was very, uh, like he's good with money. Yeah, like he knows what he's doing. Like he was—he's been, you know, he was a manager and like a financial consultant and stuff like that. And like he's always been good with money and kind of like helped me. Like, create credit at a young age. Okay. Like, I was already building credit when I was, like, in, man, junior high, maybe? Oh, that's cool. Junior high, high school. Um, and, like, he maybe uh, opened up a Roth IRA back in high school. Sweet. Yeah, like. Thank you, Dad. Yeah, no shit, man. <laughs> that's... Uh, yeah, that's. Yeah. That's uh, super cool. I have, because in my day job, I have a lot of, not a lot, but I have several parents that are putting away for their kids. And I'm always like, wow, I wish I had parents like that. <laughs> yeah. It, man, it's really – because I've had to dig into it. Yeah. Because uh, you, know, you can take out you know, however much you put in tax-free. Right. Uh, and we've been putting in – like you can – I think they just changed it. We can put in more than 5000 a year. Yeah, 5500 now. Yeah. Uh, but uh, for quite a long time I was putting in – the, you know, the, the five thousand or the three thousand or whatever. That's yeah. sweet. Uh and like when it's when pickings are slim, it's nice to have something to Yeah, a piggy bank that you can break open. That's cool. And did your dad or your mom have a like a money phrase or anything they used to say when you were kids, or was there anything that they really tried to impart to you? Um I don't know, they didn't have any like catchphrases necessarily. But, like, do you need it? Mm. Came up a lot. Do you need it? Hey, can I have this? Do you need it? Uh, yeah, I do need this video game. <laughs> Are you sure? It's, it's important to my survival. Yeah. Um, which makes you, makes you think, you know, wait, do I need this right. shit? Because, like, a lot of times I'll be out shopping or whatever, and I'll be like, do I need nah, I don't need this shit. Right. Put it back down. So you can self-regulate? Yeah, for the most part. All right. And do you, now that you're living out here and you're living the dream, do you, um, like, do you have roommates? Do you have a budget? Do you... uh, You know, I, for a long time, I had a million roommates. mm -hmm. Like, when I was in school in San Diego, I lived in an eight-bedroom house, like, on a half acre for maybe, like, five years. And my rent was two thirty a month. Wow. And I was above the garage, so it was a garage-sized bedroom. Like, it was, we had the yard for the dogs. It was perfect. I stayed there. Everybody graduated and everybody left, but I stuck around because the rent was so cheap. Because it's cheap. Yeah, why not? You know, you're printing money. And restocking a house like that, right? you know, was – I've had almost 90 roommates. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so then when I moved to L.A., I had one roommate and then a couple comics from San Diego came up and then we all moved into a place together and we had like six people in a four-bedroom. And so now I live alone. Oh, nice. <laughs> 
That's probably a little nicer. It's yeah, it's uh yeah, just me and the dog. Once it was once I got the Capital One commercial, then I'm like, okay, I'm getting my own place. Yeah. Because uh, back when they hired union actors for commercials, you got money. You could get money for yeah. doing that, for asking people professionally, "What's in your wallet?" Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what was your worst? Wor- what's your worst roommate story? Oh man, so 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 many. Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe back a long time ago in San Diego, uh, when I had like the million roommates, uh, it was my birthday, and. We had just moved to the to the house, and we went to like to the local bar uh, down the street because we were in the suburbs for a house that big, you know. Oh, okay, yeah. And we went to the local bar and got just obliterated. And one of our roommates was going to meet up uh, later with us, and he got back to the pad, and the front door was open, and he's like, "Hey, uh, I got home and the front door was open. I can't find Lebowski. My cat, my old cat, was named Lebowski." Oh no! And so we're like, "What?" Uh, and then my roommate Beth. Uh, who was the worst, was like, yeah, I left the door open in case he had to go out. I'm like, but he's an indoor cat. Oh, like, no. What are you doing? So like, we went back to the pad, and we were all just drunkenly scouring the neighborhood looking for the cat. And while we're all drunk on my birthday looking for my lost cat, she ate the entire birthday cake that my other roommates had made. Oh, no. The, the whole cake. I mean, that's not even – like, <laughs> it's hard to do, you oh, know? Oh, man. Um, and, yeah, we never found Lebowski. Oh, he's no. Gone. Fighting crime somewhere or something so, inside man. of a coyote. Did you? Oh, no. Well, you know. It happens. Coyotes got to eat, too. It's true. You know, and then I got a dog, so problem <laughs> solved. <laughs> did did uh, Beth move out soon after? Or? We kicked her out. Oh. Her and her two sisters that moved in, and when they didn't pay rent, we're like, why aren't they paying rent? She's like, oh, they're family. They're like, no, they're your family. They're, yeah. they're our roommates. Yeah, exactly. Like, you got to pay rent. This isn't free. Oh, man. And how, what was it like moving from Minnesota to San Diego? Um, it was great. You know, because I, I went to school in Santa Fe for a little bit for two semesters. Oh, I like New Mexico. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. great. It was really pretty. Uh, school was terrible. Uh, it has since gone out of business. Oh, wow. Uh, it's not, it was was not, that Trump University? No. No, no. That, <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Uh it was the College of Santa Fe, which is now the Santa Fe College of Art and Design. It's like a theater, film, okay. studio art, music school. But uh, after that, I went to L.A. because I'm like, I'm going to make it as an actor for like, the summer. I'm like, oh, n- no, I'm not. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I was 19, and like you can't bartend in L.A. if you're under 21. Right. So I went back up to Minnesota, uh, saved some money, living at home for the summer, and bartended, and then moved out uh, to San Diego. And it was great. Um, it was because I saved up a bunch of cash for the move out, and then I moved to to LA, and I bought like I bought a new car up there, and I moved to or moved to San Diego, and got hit with so many surprise yeah bills that I had no idea was gonna be a thing, like because I had just bought the car like six months prior, and getting the California license plate. Right. Which is required to get a California ID, which is required to get in-state tuition. They, you had to pay the difference in sales tax oh, on, yeah. on a new car. So I, with Minnesota sales tax is nothing, you know? I mean, <laughs> it's like, oh, man. Well, I mean, for, for um, like fashion and like most things at the mall, there isn't sales tax right. in Minnesota. Right. Um, but uh, so I got hit with like, it was like 2500 or 30000 bucks like yeah. out the gate. 
and then uh, the the out of state tuition for like I'm my entire nest egg for moving out was gone in like wow. three weeks. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so that was terrible. That. But <laughs> you know, I got by. Did, what did you, um did you and how did you get like what gave you the push to keep going through it like you just three weeks now your nest egg is completely gone um well it was easy because i had signed up for school okay so i was in i had something to do something to do I had a place to go like i was in theater school and uh do some kid in my um i think it was in spanish class or in some other class uh got me a job his uncle ran a bar so i got a job at this bar as a cook and a bartender uh, so I, was, I would be cooking burgers and the guys at the bar would be, hey, where's my, where's my beer? And I'd go out, pour a beer. Where's my burger? Back and forth, back and forth. Oh it was, man. It was, it was like a biker bar in San Diego. It was a fun time, but terrible. <laughs> what do you, um, do you remember your first big money check? I don't know if it was Capital One or if there was something else. But... Um, my first big money check was that car that I bought. Uh, that I, it was a Mazda three. Um, I wrecked it and cause I fell asleep at the wheel. And ran into a wall. Ah. Uh, and I got a check for the value of the car. Wow. Uh, which, that was cool. Well, uh, I'm driving to more walls. Yeah, no fooling, man. <laughs> that's I guess that's the ticket. Uh, go and fall asleep. Yeah. Start dating someone in La Jolla and drive super far every day. Exactly. Um, but then the, it was the Capital One. that was. <laughs> those are the big checks coming in. And that was pretty sweet. Uh, and do you remember your first stand-up gig where you got a, a decent check? Or I don't. Maybe that hasn't happened. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm assuming. <laughs> uh, I haven't had any like, you know, knock my hair back right. checks. But I remember I was running a show in San Diego that's still running. It's down at um, uh, Red Saloon, and it's called uh, the Beachwood. It's called Beachwood Comedy. Okay, uh, it's still going, it's, which is cool because it's been years and years and years now. Nice. And when we started doing that show downtown at the Fleetwood, uh, you. Got the pile of cash at the end of the night. I'm like, oh, that's that's cool. That's pretty sweet. That's cool. Uh, it's, a, it's definitely a good feeling uh, getting paid to do something that requires your mind, right? As a creative person, because uh, like I've been bartending for, and I still bartend. I've been bartending for years and years and years now, and it's just at this point, it's just muscle memory, you know? Right. And it's small talk with the with the guests, and it's here's how to make some drinks, da 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 da. But then like. When you're asked to go perform something, go do this thing, go either do stand up or do you know go act in something, is some is the 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 value is, that's intrinsic is almost tangible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, compared to just a check. Yeah, and do you when you like when you bartend? I was just thinking about um, if it were me, I'd be of course having to look up every recipe. If, unless it's just beer, <laughs> that I like. Oh, I know beer. Um, but if somebody said like, uh, you know, Harvey Bangwanger or whatever those, what I don't know what name. Uh, like, uh, Har- I don't, Harvey Wallbanger. There, there you go. Uh, yeah, there's. I mean, <laughs> I there's, don't drink. There's. Uh, oh, you do have to remember a lot of drinks. Yeah. Uh, and like, because I work at a cocktail bar too, so like the drinks that we make, you know, have like nine, ten ingredients sometimes. Right. And it's like, ugh. And those ones, you have to like. Sometimes we have like cheat sheets for. Oh, okay, I wondered. The, I would need yeah. those. I but, would need those. But for like all the classics, like a Negroni or like a sour or something like that, um, those are all 
in your head. Yeah. And if someone's like making old fashioned, that's do do do. Here's your old fashioned. Yeah. Fuck. How do I do that? And I've heard of all those drinks. I have no idea what's like. I don't. I've heard of an old fashioned. Yeah. Old fashions are they're really popular still. Yeah. Um, because there's a really good drink. It's not complicated. It's uh, it's just whiskey. Uh, I like it with bourbon. Uh, and then Angostura bitters, orange bitters. Um, stir it with an orange peel. Zest the orange peel in there. And there, there's your drink. It's real mm. nice. Man, I remember in high school. Yes, in high school, I worked in a restaurant, and the bartender, I was probably seventeen, um, made me like three kamikazes, and I had no idea what they, yeah, kamikazes. Yeah, a lot of alcohol. Yeah, yeah, I was pretty uh, wiped out. Yeah, yeah, Kam- kamikazes. It's funny because there's uh, drinks are sort of cyclical because uh, they like like uh, they, they become popular, then they're unpopular, then they come back, then because like. Certain drinks, like a Harvey Wallbanger, for example, no one has ordered a Harvey Harvey Wallbanger from me at my current job. Okay, uh, but here, uh, bartending the comedy store, you get it every now and again. Yeah, or get like if somebody orders a Cape Cod, it's interesting because a Cape Cod is just vodka and cranberry juice. Okay, and so people go order vodka cran. But if somebody calls it a Cape Cod, it's like a wait a minute. Okay, either they don't drink or they haven't drank in a while. Right, or they're somebody's aunt. Right, you know they're like they're like their drunk aunt at Thanksgiving. Right, and I'm it, just gonna get a Cape Cod. Hold on, it sounds very sophisticated. It sounds a lot better than a, a vodka cran. Yeah, it's a Cape Cod. But I like words that are more descriptive, like vodka cran. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm like, oh, what's that would it? be cranberry. What's in it? Oh, yeah, vodka cran. Yeah. What's um? And did you go to bartending school for that? Like, did how no. did you learn to? You just like learn to make drinks. Uh, well, I started off waiting tables. Okay. And then I showed interest in the bar, mm-hmm. and uh, they promoted me to bartender. Uh, a lot of restaurants promote from within. Okay. My first bar gig was at a Chili's. Chili's! Uh, yeah. Uh, and it was a, a good time. It was in my hometown. It was when I moved back to Minnesota. Yeah. And it was funny because like, all my high school teachers used to go to that Chili's, and I would get them wasted. Drunk. Oh, hilarious. I would just get them like, – after they had like a – you know exams week and they were like there to cut loose i'm like okay hold on i'm just loading them up with free shots uh, like, it was a good time that's funny yeah i chili's is always one of those pl- you know all these um chain places but you know when you're working there and it's like it, yeah it's i mean fun. it was very much like the movie waiting yeah uh like that movie was so correct on how a corporate restaurant like that works it's like a shitty corporate restaurant yeah because like now i work at a hotel just down the street mm-hmm. and it's you know they, it's a it's a French company. They own a, a couple of them, uh, maybe eight, I think, in Europe. But we're the only one in America, and it's still mom and pop ish, right? Because uh, I've worked at the super corporate, and I've worked at the super mom and pop, right? And it's sort of somewhere in the middle, which is nice. It's nice to be a little bit in the middle, yeah. Because things still get fixed every now and again, right? And you don't have to fix them necessarily. Whereas, like at mom and pop shops, like I was at the place where I was bartending. And cooking, there was one time I was cleaning the fryer, and like my arm slipped like to here, like past the elbow, into the recently turned off four hundred fifty. Oh my god! And we, we fried at four fifty, just to get shipped out quicker. Yeah, and like I, it, it was in and out, but it was it hurt a lot. Yeah, and I took the hose from the sink and like was washing it off. I'm like, ah, I go to the first aid kit uh, in the manager's office, and there was no manager there. I was the only one there, and the, the first aid kit it was a bottle of whiskey and a bag of cocaine. 
Wow. And I'm like, okay. Uh, Did you do the cocaine or the whiskey? Oh, I took it all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, this is mine now. It's there. This is mine now. This is the first aid kit. I'm hurt. I'm, I need the first aid kit. <laughs> That's so, okay. I'm going to close. It's going to take a long time. How and does the comedy store is that a mom and pop or would you call it? I, mean, um, I don't think we're corporate. Back when I was here, it was a mom and pop. Yeah, it's evolving to something in the middle. Yeah, it's in the middle. I don't think we ever want to be too corporate here. Right. I, I mean, mean, I had to sign in to come in today. I know that's. I know there's which new is new. Is I mean, I understand it. There's, no, it's, this place is so huge. I know, and it'd be nice to keep track of people. Yeah. I know. It's, uh, today was my first day to sign the paper. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, wait. No, I'm just doing the thing. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to sign it. Yeah. No, it was funny. I walked in with Adam Egit, and uh, Adam walked by and she goes, oh, n- sir, you're going to have to sign. He's like, ah. what? Uh, I know. It's going to. That's hilarious. It's sort of, yeah. She'll, it, she'll learn the people. <laughs> that was the hardest thing, I think, starting here was learning the people. Yeah. Because there's so many faces, and now I mean it's it's grown. It's insane exponentially. It's insane. I I feel like when uh, the bathrooms got remodeled here, that's when the comedy store t- took the next step. D- okay, so I'm glad you mentioned that because I have to tell you every time I walk in the club, and I bring somebody new, I always go, "These are our new bathrooms," and they it's exciting. And people are like, "Bob, you're excited about the bathrooms." I'm like, "You don't you understand." Have no idea. <laughs> Yeah. And it's so funny. And so I'm very happy that I'm not the only person in the world that is aware of the bathroom change. It was a change. huge step. It was, a huge, it was huge. Because it it was a necessity for volume to right. have not just single stall. Here's our two bathrooms. Right. Two. Yeah. With hundreds of people. Yeah. And now these ones flush and they – Yeah. What a concept. And there's like three in each bathroom. Yeah. I mean it's it's, it's, it's exciting. Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> You know, it was a long overdue, very welcomed upgrade. Yeah, and I, and I think I think that kind of helped. Yeah, I don't say pave the way for the rest of the place, but hey, you know, it's the comedy store's growing up. You gotta have a place. We're in a sh- podcast studio right now that used to be that used to be the ghost storage. Yeah, yeah. this place. I remember. Uh, this basement, there's some shenanigans. That there's went some shenanigans. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, this place has really changed. I mean, we've got the – there's the private bar for the comics in yeah, the back yeah. and that whole back area now. I spent the night in that old bar back <laughs> b- before it was a bar. Yeah. When, like, comics were, like, sort of living in it. Yeah. Uh, there was a few there was, of those. Yeah, the old phone room. Yeah. I mean, so it's – there's a lot that's been going on here. It's pretty cool to be – I've been here a long time. So yeah. watching – Seeing it grow. Seeing it grow. Sacred Ground is, like, a whole lounge area now. Yeah. It's it's, uh, it's exciting. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this: in terms of your current life, and now you've you've got your you've got your gigs, and then you you've got your comedy going on. And um, do you go on the road a lot? I don't. Okay, so I mostly like the mo- the only road shows I do are in San Diego. Okay, um, but but now that you you know you sort of got your rhythm going, and do you? Like have a monthly budget? Do you know what you need to cover each month? Do you just sort of live in the moment? Um, like how do you – I don't really budget it out. Like I don't uh, write it down. Mm-hmm. But I have an idea of what I need to hit. Uh, and like I've got you know the phone apps with my banking and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and like I think about it definitely. Yeah. Uh, but I don't like spreadsheet it or anything. I, if, right. if it's a – if it's been a good month, I'll be like, okay, I'll go out. But then I'll be thinking, I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, okay, if I'm doing this tonight and doing that thing the next day, uh, 
okay, I got to eat food at home because I'm going to go out drinking tomorrow. And, you know, you just got to do that internal. So you, okay, if I'm, so if you, I'm going to a concert, I'm going to spend 100 bucks on beer. Okay, so don't have a fancy lunch today. Right. That guy okay, so that's good. So you do a little bit of a balancing and yeah. cost-benefit yeah, kind of thing. In, in theory. <laughs> yeah. And do you um, do you have any little tricks that you do or any little – you know, habits that this is an extra way to save money, like besides like making a choice of I'm doing this, so I'll do that. Is there anything like um, there's uh, I used to do like the change jar thing mm-hmm. uh, and like as a bartender, uh, I would always take uh, ten dollars of my uh, cash tips at the end of the night and get it in a roll of quarters. OK. And then put that in my big jar. And so it was just rolls of quarters. Okay. Uh, so it was $10 a shift, which isn't a lot, but it certainly adds up. Yeah, for uh, sure. You know, if you work, you know, right. four days a week for a year, that's, you know, six, 160 bucks a month, you know, it adds up. It adds up. Uh, but my current bar, uh, we rarely deal in cash. Bars rarely deal in cash anymore uh, these days. Yeah. Everybody's on the credit cards. Everybody wants Apple Pay and all that stuff. And so that plan disappeared because there's just no more cash, really. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about doing the egg cord thing. Um, Rob, the bartender here, mm-hmm. uh, he does the egg cord thing where it's, it rounds off um, to up to the nearest dollar on every transaction you do. And, and it, it just... puts it in an account. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so I think I'm going to start doing that. Seems like a good idea. Yeah. Um, uh, I started an Etsy store. I sell uh, jewelry. On, like, I make this, like, make jewelry. Oh, cool. Things. Um. And then, yeah, and then just bartending and acting gigs when you get them, and comedy doesn't pay anything. But, and, you know. and what would you tell somebody that's getting ready to start out doing comedy or that wants to go into the creative arts or, you know, follow their passion? What, I mean, what would you, knowing what you know, like, what would you tell somebody? Um, man, there's so many things. Uh, save money, yeah, for sure. Yep. Uh, don't eat out every single day. That's super expensive. Your food budget can go through the roof without thinking about it. Especially in LA, man. Yeah. And it's so, and like, I live in Hollywood, like right in the middle of it Uh, where it's just surrounded by fast food and it's like, all right. It's there. There it is. It's easy. Fuck. I'm out of food. Well, I can walk to this place or walk to that place and having a dog, like I'm walking anyways. I'm like, well, yeah, might as well get a sandwich. What kind of dog? Uh, she's a Catahoula leopard dog. Um, uh, cattle dog mix. Oh, okay. She, yeah, she looks like that. Oh, sweet. Oh, uh, she's cute. Thanks. Yeah, she just turned one. Penelope. Oh, sweet. Yeah, she's and, a, a terror, but she's and, great. And does that cost a lot? Do you? I mean, do you have to budget in a certain um, amount for her? Not really. Like, I subscribe to her dog food on Amazon, so I get a discount on her dog food. Cool. Uh, and that's really the only expense for her. vet bills occasionally. Um. But she was a rescue, and like through the Rescue Foundation, they paid for most of that shit. Oh, nice. Um, so, yeah. It's it's nice to have a dog, something there, that somebody there that's happy to see you. Yeah, that's always you nice. Know, open the door, and someone's pumped. No, dogs are cool. Yeah. I, I've, I've, I was not a dog lover, and I had a couple of dogs, and... It'll turn you around. Converted. Yeah, Converted sure. over. Yeah, they're fun. Let me ask you this. What... Um, um, what would you say to um somebody that's just moved to LA like you came out from another you came out from Minnesota 
sort of a rude awakening. Prices more expensive, ten percent sales tax and stuff like that. What would you say to somebody that's like getting ready to move cross country and um, try to meet people that are doing the things that you're doing? Because mm-hmm. uh, that was such a like when I came up here, um, uh, Brian Moses had came up here at the same time. Oh, okay, cool. So me and Moses and we knew each other down in San Diego. Oh, okay, great, uh, right? And so we kind of came up and like you know we're helping each other out with stuff, and we would go down. Because we still ran all these shows. He ran some shows in San Diego. I ran some shows in San Diego, like these weekly things. We would go down every Tuesday. I forgot Brian uh, was from San yeah, Diego at the La Jolla Club. Every Tuesday for maybe a year, we would drive down to San Diego, and we would do either five or six shows, and then drive back up. Sweet. Uh, and so he was like my guy. Like he's like, remember I had to die. Like and having, and then like working here, you know, you meet you meet friends and meet comics, like minded people that are trying to do the same thing. Is like, I mean, the odds of you making it are zero, right? But like point st- point zero 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 zero, yeah, one. But you still do it, right? You know, and and this is a city of dreamers, right? Which is one of the most enticing parts of LA. Yeah, very that seductive. People believe. Yeah, you know, it's a bunch of crazy artists. Yeah, uh, and. You know, if if you find your people, it'll make things a lot easier. Yeah. Uh, and if you can split rent with those people, it'll make it even even better. easier that easier yet. Yeah. Um, let me one last thing. If you like, if you think about it, are you aware of any um, money beliefs or money blocks that have held you back or propelled you forward? Um, rent control has certainly helped. <laughs> yeah, for uh, sure. I can't believe that Prop Ten didn't pass. Yeah, uh, for the new rent control. I was actually surprised because uh, everyone's. I think the wording was off on it. Yeah, because who doesn't want rent control? Yeah, I mean, I think eighty percent of the people in California rent something like that. Yeah, yeah, no one buys houses out here. I don't. I don't think I've seen more than five houses for sale. Yeah, ever in that and like at least on this side of the hill. Yeah, uh, yeah, probably true. Because no one, if they have it, they've had it forever. Right. You know, then they're, they're not going to sell it. Because no one's going to buy it. Yeah. It's it's definitely hard to get in the market here for sure. Yeah. It's for sure. But it's also – there's something about renting too that you're not tied down. Right. Like you don't have a money pit. You can move in the middle of the night. You can move in the <laughs> middle of the night, which people do all the time. <laughs> Pack can... up your shit. Oh, my you God. You know? I mean that's why they say you know pay your car but your – car before you rent because you can sleep in your car but you can't drive your house exactly that that seems like pretty good advice yeah <laughs> well you actually you can't sleep in your car not in la anymore well you have to yeah you have to do it at a park in yeah, the shit in the dark a, and it's a ticketable offense i know that's how we're gonna solve the homeless problem make yeah. it so you can't sleep in your car you can't even sleep in the car i mean yeah. that's that makes it hard you know you get arrested I mean, here there's so many people would sleep in the cars in the parking lot here back in the day. Oh, they all would. The, all the homeless comics. Yeah. It was like a little community. <laughs> yeah. I would say probably half the comics. Yeah. Maybe. If you haven't slept in your car in the comedy store parking lot, you're not a comic. You're not a real comic. Yeah. That's funny. Well, let me ask you this. We're, we're coming to the end here. Where can people find you on social media? Uh, I'm on uh, Instagram and Twitter at, uh, at Ryan Mervis. Um, I have an Etsy store. You can see my jewelry and buy all of it please uh it's called the mervatorium emporium love it uh come reach mervana <laughs> uh and there's a link to that in the bio of my instagram 
Uh, I don't have an Instagram for it yet. I just started it. All right. And can people find you here at the Comedy Store performing? Uh, I'll be performing here at the Comedy Store. I'll be at the Improv. Um, I'm going to be starting my own show coming up here Sweet. pretty soon, so heads up on Beautiful. that. Um, but yeah, you can see me on Adam Ruins Everything this season. I play Bearded Guy. Bearded Guy? Yeah, when you I wonder move, where they got that. Yeah, when you move to L.A. and you try to be an actor, you're not going to go out for roles with names. Yeah. You're going to go out for man. Number or two. Woman in line. <laughs> uh, it's not, you, you don't get the Gosling parts right away. Not right away. Yeah. And sometimes, yeah, LA is a, it's the home of dreams and dream crushers. Yeah, it's, it's epic highs <laughs> and crushing lows. Exactly. And the middle part is wear sunscreen. Exactly. Well, I appreciate you coming out um, to our audience. If you enjoyed this, please tell everyone. If you didn't, don't say a word. Um, please share the laughs. Um, you can find us on Twitter, um, Instagram, Facebook, and you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. I'm Bob Wheeler. This is Money You Should Ask. Until next time, thank you. Thank you.